0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse
1: Girls friends and fam. On this week's episode, we're kicking it back to the year 2007, where believe it or not, the found footage genre of film was not synonymous with horror like it is now. In fact, many critics described it as dead in the water, with not one found footage film piercing the mainstream like 1999's The Blair Witch Project.
0: However, there was a buzz of excitement that fell over the horror community over two new films that would go on to revive the found footage movement and forever carve out their own place in the history of horror. One was a little American independent film called Paranormal Activity, no one's heard of it, right? While the other was a little Spanish horror film, and our movie of this week, Wreck. Kit, that, take a seat, and welcome to the Garden House Girls Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Brittany.
0: And hey, I'm Katie. This is hey. episode woo, episode 76. We're trying Yay. out. We're doing something different, y'all. Britt wrote a beautiful intro for us. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So we, so we kind of gave you just a little bit. Just a little bit of what's going taste. on with this week's movie. Just a taste. Just a taste. taste. So. <laughs> An appetizer. <So> are, <laughs> appetizer, yes. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you, Britt? I'm good. I am tired. I say that every week, but man, this is, it's, I shouldn't be complaining. I love being around my family and friends, but it's a very sociable time of the year. And I feel I like say, it's always something. <laughs> you had got a lot of stuff
0: going on too. Like you were like out with people on a Tuesday night. I was like, why are you out on a Tuesday, Britt? You look like you're having fun. But I was like, I'm at home in my PJs with my dog.
1: Yes. And usually that's flipped because on Wednesday night when we start recording, Katie's hair and makeup looks beautiful and yeah. I usually have my hair up in like a T shirt and my pajamas on. So. You look cute. You look cute. We got, no,
0: we, we got it reversed a little bit. So it's okay. Well I we have yeah. had requests to start like showing the videos again and I would once I get a better computer where it doesn't take four hours to render. You know? Yeah. Actually, our plan was to, or like, I wanted to have the one with with our special guest, um, but unfortunately, like, our Skype was not wanting to cooperate, so we couldn't record the video anyways, so not a big deal. It's fine. Um, So, did you have any housekeeping, Britt? Because I surprisingly don't this week. Nothing that was really off that I caught. Yeah, nothing major. Um, did... Did you end up watching anything fun this weekend?
1: Um, not not a whole lot um, because we have been so busy. It just feels like something every other day. Um, mm-hmm. But I did watch a little bit more of You Season 3. I'm not done with it yet. Um, I actually started over the garden wall because um, our friend Stephanie... And then I have a friend named Lydia. Lydia and Stephanie both were like, you need to watch over the garden wall. And I have gotten through, the episodes aren't long. They're only about 10 to 11 minutes each. But I've gotten through 7 out of the 11. So hopefully I'm going to be wrapping up those last four tomorrow. Um, It's very cute. It's whimsical. It's different. Um, my Taylor does not like it. Um, I oh, like really? it. I like it a lot. Um, it's a little different. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But Elijah Wood does play one of the lead characters named Wirt. Um, there's a lot of great vocal talent. Christopher Lee's in it. Um, Tim Ooh. Curry actually plays a character um, in one of the episodes too. So yeah, oh, okay. it's pretty cool. I am, I'm really excited. It's also one of those shows that it has gotten for the episodes progressively better and there's a lot of music. So if you guys like original oh, okay. music and songs in anime shows, it's 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 really cool. So I'm excited. Um and then I've been watching um Dancing with the Stars with my mom. And they actually did Hard Night. They actually did like uh, mm-hmm. Hard Night episode and um some of the routines I I think it's not only having a theater background but just being a horror movie lover. Uh, there's some yeah. routines that I didn't find particularly inspiring. Like there was a, there was a dance routine and the the two dancers were dressed up as Pinhead and like um, mm-hmm. I forgot what the female. I didn't watch that thing. one. I
0: watched some of them, but I yeah. watched
1: I watched the one on us and I loved it. Yes, that was my that one was the best one of the night. It was, it was really was good, incredible,
0: and I, I forgot, forgot how that creepy one. that music is like it oh, was I giving me it. chills. I love it.
1: I love it. And that's the thing. So I was telling my mom because it was like with the with the hellraiser one, I was like they they look cool, but I don't see how this has anything to do with the movie. Yeah. But us, it was like They did their fucking research because not only was the song, Mm -hmm. you know, the mixture of I Got Five on it and the theme, but they remind me of the Tethered. Like, the dance and the jerkiness was
0: so awesome. It was was so on theme. Yeah, it was on theme. And I was like, oh, this is great. Or on brand or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, but I like that show. I liked their horror one. I didn't know they did that every year.
1: Yeah, and I, I really liked it, so that was a lot of fun, and it was really enjoyable watching it with my mom, and thank God my mom doesn't mind me talking for a lot of things, When I'm like, <laughs> mom, mom, did you see that? Do you know how hard it is to do that? Um, but what did you watch? What, did you watch anything interesting?
0: I, so I watched Behind the Mask again, because, you know, yes. and I also watched Don't Look Under the Bed, which was on our list last ah, week. Yes. Um, it makes me cry. I forgot it made me cry. Oh. Um, it does, <laughs> the ending makes me cry. Um. It's very sweet. I love that movie. Um, And then I ended up watching Quarantine, which is the American remake of this movie, which after we get done with spoilers, I will talk a little bit about it. But since it was streaming, I was like, oh, yeah, I can turn this on. I kind of took a nap through it because Wreck is the better movie. Just spoiler free. It is the better movie. Um, But I finally I finished American Horror Story season 10. Did you finish it yet? I haven't. Is it over? I, it is. The fin- they were oh only God. four episodes of the oh second yeah. half. At least I unless no idea. unless I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the it seemed like a finale. Hold on. Season ten. You did 10, 10... yeah, season ten. Ten episodes. Yeah. They would have had one today, but no. Yeah.
1: Okay, no, that's good to know. I didn't know there was only four episodes.
0: Thank God. It only had, like, a 3.6 on IMDb out of 10. Oh, fuck. The second half did? The the last, the finale did. It's really funny. Like, people didn't seem to like the finale of the first one, although I didn't think it was bad. The first half, like, that was only, like, in the sixes, but everything else is in the eights, and then everything for the second half is, like, six and three. And I don't really blame people, because there's, one specific storyline that i literally so i finished season 2 and 7 i finished asylum and cult i binged them Asylum's which good. i really liked cult i avoided it when it first came out because yes. i couldn't handle it i couldn't handle anything political but i will say the politics take a back seat to the plot in that one it's really more about the cult and less about the politics it's just is a nice uh setting for that it's like a you know it's a backdrop for it Which, if if I had known it was as satirical as it is, I would have watched it. So I I watched all of those, and I'm almost done with um, Apocalypse, which I started, then stopped. And then when I found out Coven comes back for Apocalypse, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go and finish it. So I've got two episodes left of that. So I've watched a lot of American Horror Story, because, you know, it is the season. It is. So I'm glad glad I finished those episodes, those seasons, because there were ones I'd started all of them and never finished them, so that was good. I like American Horror Story. I was very disappointed with the end of season 10. I was hoping Uh. that it would be, like, they didn't bring, it's not really a spoiler, but I was assuming that they were going back to Aliens because they were going to bring back that B-plot from season 2. Also, they had Evan Peters in the first half. So why they don't bring it back? At all. It's not even, like, hinted at. And it pissed me off so much, because, like, that's... All, I think maybe that's why it's so low, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, um, why did you do this whole episode and not even bring up this character? Like, it was set up in season two. And you... They always go back. So I don't well, understand. I I not
1: feel... I didn't feel, and I need to watch the last three episodes, because... I've seen every single episode of every single season of American Horror Story, except for these last three episodes of the season. Yeah. But the first episode of the second half of this season, I had a really cool beginning, and then the yeah. second half, I was like, ah. Uh, the is beginning kinda, parts are way yeah. stronger
0: in every episode. Yeah, the the first. I yeah. hate that they're black and white. I get that they're doing like a like a specific Retro. theme. Yeah. But I hate that they're in black and white. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, th- I get it. It's a visual aid. But yeah, the first halves are way better. Like the characters in the second half are really not super likable. And like, and there's only like none of the actors are bad. It's just their characters yeah. are just kind of like, you don't get to know a lot about them. And I feel like they set up, it's the first half, those characters, that family got set up so well and there was a setup and payoff for everything like like the the wife is like questioning whether or not she should like do uh she should be a designer but she wants it really badly and her husband is more successful than her so it pays off in the end when what her fate pays off in the end like it, it's great the little girl was evil i hated her but like it was good. The second half was not good. And I'm I'm disappointed because that's a theme with American Horror Stories. Like, the yeah, first half is. is great. Second half isn't. But I was hoping because they split into two stories, that wasn't going to happen. But I think they just run out of steam. They're like the Cincinnati Reds. Anyways, yeah. that's that's what I've been binging is that. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty much what I've been binging when I haven't been watching our movies. Also, like, I watched a bunch of the, like, I've been watching Halloween stuff. But, yeah. you know. That's it. Um, so I guess it's time to get into rec or Record. People call it Record and rec. Yeah. So I think you can call it Either Or. It's stylized like the record button on a camera. So, you know, do with that as you will, y'all. Um, but yes, so we're doing rec, which is, this movie's been around for a very long time. I personally was first introduced to it by your movie sucks that did a compare and contrast of it in quarantine. However, because he likes this movie so much, Adam didn't spoil anything for me. So he had like minor spoilers, but nothing like super spoilery. So I honestly knew the gist, but I was, didn't have a lot of stuff spoiled for me, which was good. Also it had been years since I'd seen that. So (laughs) I was like, yeah, it kind of left my brain. It was nice. Um, but, yeah, I'll let you actually intro it because this is your movie. Brit, pick this one. I'm so excited. Oh,
1: Yeah. it's um, So, this one is one of those ones that, I will be honest, um, I've heard things about it for years. It came out in 2007, which, of course, was the same uh, year Paranormal Activity came out. I think they came out within, like, three weeks of each other, too. So, you know, we had Paranormal Activity in America, and, of course, we had Wreck in um, Spain. Um, And they both got a lot of buzz. And I'll be honest, so I saw the last, like, the closing scene of this movie. Like, the last, like, 10-15 seconds. Like, I feel like it's part of, like, it's such a big part of the horror community that even if you don't Mm -hmm. know anything else about this movie, you know that last scene of this movie. Like, it's been spoiled for you in some form or capacity. Um so, but I, I've always wanted to see it. I had no idea it was so lean. It's only seventy-eight minutes long. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a tense. And this was like the granddaddy of like found footage films. Like yes, we have the Blair Witch Project, but mm-hmm. this was the movie that kind of every other found footage found footage film was modeled after because it's right. very lean. It's very intense, and it's like. You have, like, a setup that lasts, like, 10-15 minutes, and then you're just thrown into the middle of everything. Yeah.
0: Once yeah. the action hits, it keeps hitting. Which is, I would prefer that to, like, paranormal activity where it's, like, like it's a bunch of them, like, fast-forwarding through their boring day. And then one scary thing happens, and it's just jump scares. Which there yeah. are jump scares in this one, but not that many. And I feel like it's more of just a scary thing happening, and also, it makes sense that they're recording everything because they're news anchors, and that's what you would do.
1: But yeah, um, much like uh, Blow the Man Down, this film actually had two directors, too. It was co-directed, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they so- co-directed the first two, and then they each directed one of the last two, because there are four in total for this film, this film series.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know I I don't want to mispronounce these gentlemen's uh, one one name I think it's a little bit easier to pronounce but the first one is is it Juan May Baguro? Is that
0: right? Baguro? I was thinking it was like Worami? Well, Worame? Worame? Well, well,
1: Baguro?
0: Well, yo yo Yorame, Right? Cuz the J yeah. is an H sound. Harame? Yeah. Harame! cuz it's Harame. Wait, Han Juan Hurame. Hurame. Like Hurambe, but not Hurame, I think. I Harame. honestly couldn't find a lot of interviews for this one, so I don't know. Yeah. Balagero, I think, is the last name. And yeah. Paco Plaza. I like Paco Plaza.
1: <laughs> yeah, Paco Plaza is a lot easier. Now, yes. Balagero directed, so he's kind of like, he directed the remake of the film Inside, which was originally yes. a 2007 French film. I was now, like, I don't
0: know terrible i can't believe you after they remade your movie was it revenge for remaking because inside is like infamous like i didn't even know they did a spanish remake of it i was like what like because i don't think we've done an american remake of it so okay so
1: uh my minor spoilers for the movie inside um but uh, i don't know if you're like this katie but i was reading about inside which led me down the list of fetal abductions (laughs) And I was like, why am I reading this list? Like, why am I
0: reading this list? But did you know, like, every. Yeah. Did I tell you the story? It was on my favorite murder. I can't remember what episode. But there's. I think I told. We were talking about this, and I think I mentioned it. But there is, like, a I survived episode of a woman who survived a fetal abduction. And, (sighs) like, it's terrifying. And the woman who was trying to slit her open was watching the Michael Jackson Man in the Mirror, like, music video, and she kept oh, rewinding God. it and replaying it, and the woman while she's telling her story looks straight at the camera goes like, and I fucking hate Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, she's that good, and her baby was good. Like, they both That's survived. That's
1: good. This is what's interesting, so I will say this real quick before moving on. So, out of the 25 recorded that have happened since the 1970s, only four women have survived um but i think over half of the babies did so yeah, most of the babies survive it's just the it's women terrifying yeah, yeah people are fucking crazy um but yeah he also does well the pregnant women are, have
0: a higher pregnant women in general i i was listening to i had to cut this too to, for time but I was, i've been listening to the podcast someplace underneath thank you dalton for the recommendation i love it Um, And they were talking about the fact that pregnant women have a much higher um, violence against them crime rate. I I don't know what it is. I don't like women have the urge to protect the newborn or the fetal baby, the baby. But like people who are like it's not like these people aren't bad to begin with. Like obviously most men don't want to do this. Um, but there are a lot of women who have, like, borderline abusive partners, and then they become pregnant, and it turns into full-on abusive or homicidal. So, I didn't realize it, like, for me, I'm like, I would never try to hurt a pregnant lady. Like, I would never try to hurt a pregnant lady. Like, but again, I have friends who have good partners, so, (laughs) like, that maybe is why I haven't experienced it as much, but, I mean, it's sad. So, yeah, don't, but yes, Fetal abductions are fucking terrifying. Yes, they are. Yeah. It's also, like, a just another, like, not treating women like people and treating them like, you know, incubators, basically. And some of them are women in their own right. Like, I feel like more women perpetrate that than men that I've heard of. Oh,
1: fetal abductions, I think they're almost always female. And a lot of the times what it is is they want a baby. Um, Yeah. Either they have mental issues or they've lied to a spouse or a partner and told them they were pregnant when they really weren't. Yeah. That seems to be the majority of cases. So. But can't
0: you just go out and steal a baby? Like, what's why do you have to also, like, murder somebody? I mean, I, you shouldn't steal a baby at all. But I'm no, like, why shouldn't. do you also need to stab somebody in the stomach? And, I mean, I don't know. That's just, ugh. Ugh. Also, another
1: interesting statistic that's not violent, um, but I was reading that for every one newborn there is, there's 12 people waiting to adopt it. So, for every newborn placed for adoption, there's 12 people waiting to adopt it. Um, which is, it's really sweet, but then you think about how many people want babies and not older children. So. I know. But older yeah, would, homes too they do they do which is i have a katie knows i have a dear friend that's uh hoping to adopt in the future and when she does adopt she actually does want to adopt a a a uh she's looking i think in the range of three to seven year old is what she's hoping to adopt so
0: i think it'd be fun to be a foster parent to teens like mm-hmm. to just kind of like let them have some solid footing in high yeah. school That would be cool. Anyways, but yeah, so he did that movie. He also did Darkness, which is an American horror movie starring Anna Paquin. And another movie called Fragile in Muse. Um, But I think Muse was his most recent film.
1: Yeah, I think I read that too, that Muse was just like within the last year or two. Mm -hmm. Now, Paco Plaza, uh, he also... was the co director for Wreck, but he was also mm-hmm. the head writer, it seems, on the project. Though there was a Louis A. Louis a. Bodejo and then, um, of course, uh, Baguero, both shared mm-hmm. writing credits as well. Um, so he also co wrote Wreck 2 with him. He directed Wreck 3 Genesis. And he also directed Veronica, which was touted by Netflix to be like the, one of the scariest movies ever made. Yes. God, it wasn't. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I've actually watched it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Um, there's there's some scary moments in there, but um, they said they were like 70% of people couldn't make it for this movie. Did um, they not watch a lot of horror movies? That's like so, the
0: paranormal activity stuff. Like, no one can watch this movie. Everyone was terrified. And then I watched it and I was like, I'm going to fast forward to the end with the scary part. Like, yeah. Because it was really fucking boring. Like, I'm sorry. Can
1: just say real quick uh, he also did a Eye for an Eye and he recently just like within the last couple of days released La Abuela which is another new horror movie so uh, so he had a really recent release so I haven't, I don't know I think La Abuela may be just newly released in theaters I'm not for sure, I think it did have a release date Okay, guys, so yeah, La Abuela, which is Paco Plaza's newest movie, um, was just released on October 22nd, which as of today's recording was five days ago, so it seems like it is um, currently in theaters. Um, so yeah,
0: so good to know he's still doing his thing, and that's what I got. So they have done other stuff, but I think Wreck was really their bread and butter. Yeah, and I'm I tried to look this up, and I didn't see anything on Wikipedia about this. But I'm curious why they each directed, why they separated for the last two movies. Like, I'm super curious if there was like a falling out, or if they just were like, we both want to direct a movie on our own. Yeah, I don't know. and but there's a if you I know, let read, us know.
1: I was reading some critical reviews too of the other three films um, because I just knew I I didn't want them to be spoiled for me. But I also knew I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have the time to watch all three of them. And they say that Rec 3 is really different than the other ones. Mm -hmm. And they also said Rec 3 is like arguably the funnest. Which is really interesting to me. So maybe it's just like even the tone of the movie. Maybe one of them wanted to do something more serious and one of them wanted to do something more funny. I guess. It could be even something like that, I think.
0: Yeah. And I've heard the second one's really good, but the they all get more cinematic and less found footagey as they go on, too. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I, I think it really works well for this movie. Um, I don't think it's distracting, or it's, it's not even, like, forced in this one. Like, there's a part where, like, something's getting recorded that is interesting for information, but not visually interested, but... There's a child in the movie, and she turns on the camera without them knowing it, so it makes sense. Yeah. Like, they make everything make sense. Um, whereas a lot of times with found footage movies, I get frustrated about, like, why would you still be recording? This? Yeah. This is so stupid. Um, but it is, it's a suspension of disbelief. I do think it's cool that this movie, like, only had a $2 million budget, which is not that much for you know, movies, and it brought in like $32.5 million worldwide. Yeah. But they didn't release it in the U.S. until after, or at least not on DVD in the U.S., until after the remake in 2008 was going through, and they had secured Rec. 2 contractually. Which, I was like, that's probably smart of you. But I also am like, honestly, quarantine, not as good it's not, it's not terrible, but it's not, it's it's not as bad as, like, the Old Boy remake. Like, it's not that bad, but it's not good. Like, yeah. I'm like, and the sad thing is, there's a lot of, there's, like, oh, Dennis O'Hare. That's who I was trying to think of. Before. Yes, Dennis yes. O'Hare plays a character, and Jennifer Carpenter is Angela, the main character, and, well, arguably the main character, because Pablo is also an important character, and, there's a couple other actors that I recognize, but that's kind of the the good thing about Wreck is that they hired specifically, like, non-actors or unknown actors because it made it more realistic because you didn't yeah. recognize them as actors. And the woman that played Angela, Manuela Velasco, actually is a television presenter. Like, that was her job before this movie. And I was like, oh, no wonder she's so good at it because she knows that world. And so, she's able to, like, go on the scene and, like, know when she should look at the camera and when she shouldn't and stuff. And it's, like, it's good. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm, are we ready to uh, get more into synopsis and spoilers, I guess? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I can do the synopsis. Oh. So, um, once again, guys, we are talking about Wreck. Uh, we actually both watched it on the Crackle app. Uh, uh-huh. Crackle is free. Uh yeah. and it's on there for free with ads in the original Spanish language with English subtitles. The only mm-hmm. thing is with Crackle, it is a little bit hard to navigate, I feel, and that's probably yeah. why the app isn't
0: really popular. But hey, it's free. the so phone app is easier. Okay. The phone app works better than the TV app in my opinion. Okay, that's good but to know. I watched it on my TV first and then I rewatched it on my phone. In pieces.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, to give you guys a synopsis, though. So, TV reporter Angela and her cameraman Pablo are shadowing a group of firemen while filming an episode of their TV show. What starts as a routine call about a person trapped in an apartment soon becomes a nightmare when the entire building is placed in their quarantine and everyone is locked inside with something insidious. Da, da, da. That's it. Yep. Yep.
0: That's
1: That's the movie. That's the movie. And so, diving right in, spoiler alert. So, if you guys haven't seen Wreck, you want to see Wreck, please stop listening to us. Go, go run it or go, um, go watch Watch it on crackle. crackle. Yeah, exactly. Um, But here we go. We're diving in. So right from the beginning, there is no opening credits, um, which is something else that adds to like the realism of this. Is that you're mm-hmm. just kind of thrown into it. There's no yep. mention. There's no title card. No nothing. So you start in the action. We meet reporter uh, reporter Angela Vidal, who of course, like Katie said, is played by Manuela Velasco uh, Diaz, mm-hmm. who won the Goya Award for Best New Actress for this film. So she won an Ooh. award for this film. Yeah. Uh, she's also been a host of multiple TV shows, like Katie says, and has been in all the rec films except the third one, but we won't say in what form or capacity, so you have to stay with us till the end if you want to learn. So, Yas. yes, uh, we also have our cameraman, Pablo, so Pablo, uh, Pablo's mm-hmm. partially played, okay, so this is what's funny, Pablo Rosso, who's the director of photography and cinematography, He's technically acting as Pablo, so Pablo is named after Pablo, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pablo's voice is played by Javier Cor- Cormina, and then Joe Lewis also plays Pablo, but is uncredited. So I'm not sure if he plays Pablo in the last act of the film, or where he plays Pablo at. Maybe. Yeah.
0: So um, that's that's something they do a lot with found footage. Though mm-hmm. I remember there was a behind the scenes of the visit which is supposed to be found footage and like it's like it's like this this man carrying this giant ca- like high def camera and it's like why would this little girl have a high def like the like I can't afford one of those cameras how would a 12 year old afford that what the hell it's so funny like again and my he's a hit or miss but Obviously. honestly the visit's hilarious honestly it's worth watching because it is really funny. You know, it's pretty common for found footage movies. Uh, behind the Mask was, like, the same thing. The actors would do the voices, like, behind the camera. Like, they would film it. They would be there for filming, but they would be, like, behind the cameraman. Yeah. Um, they must have had someone with him because the sound is really good in this movie. You can't tell that if it's a voiceover, you can't really tell it. Yeah.
1: So, I don't I know, just... maybe
0: they did have them on set, too.
1: I know, and I, I like that. I just like that that Pablo was named after the actual cinematographer. And I will yeah. say so, Pablo uh, Rosso, Actually, he did Rec Two cinematography, Rec Three, Rec Four, Veronica, uh, and that's just to name a few. So he he does a lot of cinematography for movies. So that's kind of cool. like his saying, "Yep, awesome." So, mm-hmm. That is cool. Yes. Uh, But she is a reporter uh, for her show, While You're you're asleep, and she tells her audience how her and Pablo will be following some firemen on their nightly rounds. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, organizer Andrew is in charge of the shift, and he shows them around the uh, fire station, including the outfits. So, there's a cute scene of Angela trying on the firemen's outfits in the dining hall. Mm -hmm. And in the dining hall, they meet firefighters uh, Manu and Alex, who will be joining them for the evening. So, mm-hmm. Farron Teraza plays Manu. So, I'm not going to go mm-hmm. into all these actors because there's a lot of actors. But, I do want to touch on them. Yeah, we're just going to mention yeah. them. We're yeah. going to touch on them just a little bit. Uh, but, he's also in recto 2 and 4. Again, I won't tell you guys in what capacity. But, he's also been a guest star on a number of TV shows. He directed a for, uh, short film called The Section of a Storm. Um, and then, David mm-hmm. Vert plays Alex. Uh, and, he was in Diary of a Nymphomaniac. He was Pierre on the TV show. Oh, hey. Series. Yeah diary of a nymphomaniac yeah but yeah so they they meet these firemen they get kind of bored pretty quickly it's a quiet night yeah, so,
0: yeah. she keeps so. saying i want i want something to happen not anything big but i just want something i want the bell to go off yeah um, which i get like when you're doing like a you want some action to happen yes um it's cute though she plays basketball with them that's mm-hmm. cute it is cute it's I will say, like, it's very different from the American version because the American version decides to set up a slightly romantic vibe between the cameraman and the reporter. Like, he's fixing her hair in the first scene and they give each other this look and I'm like, oh no, what? And then, like, it's not really shown, but then the two firemen that she's shadowing, one, they take her into the locker room and have a guy flash her with a big dick. And, like, she's in on it, so it's not, like, sexual harassment, but it's, like really immature. And then, like, she overhears them with their mic saying, I'm gonna bang her to, by tomorrow. Like, let's have a bet. So, obviously, like, in the in this movie, they're both very normal, like, men, and they're very polite, and they're very nice to her. And she's very nice to them. Like, they all get along very well. Like, it's they're just normal people. And, like, you like them. You want them. You're rooting for them. In yeah. the American version, they're, like, assholes. And I was like, I know you think that American people like this shit. But, like, like, I love the show Rescue Me. And a lot of Rescue Me is the banter. But, like, it's a TV show that you get to know them over several seasons. So you get to know the person underneath the banter. And this is a movie. You don't get that. You just need to have them be people we like. And I automatically, like, one of them I did not like in the American version. Not to compare and contrast too much. But this movie does this so much better. Because they're just so much nicer. And they kind of explain to her, like hey, like, most of our calls aren't fires. Most of our calls are, like, EMT work or, like, getting pets out of, um, getting stuck pets out of the tree or something like that, like a cat out of a tree. Like, that's mostly what we're doing. When they get, they finally get a call, though. Yeah. And it's, because there's this elderly resident named Conchita Izquierdo, is how I'm going to say, you say her last name? Mm-hmm. Z Q u-i-e-r-d-o yeah by I- martha carbonell and there apparently there's an elderly resident that needs help in an apartment building which is where we go to our main place did you know that the apartment building is a real apartment building Mm-hmm.
1: i did read that it, I-
0: it's still there you can go visit it i looked it up on google maps
1: supposedly and this is interesting i wasn't able to catch this in either of my views of the movie but supposedly there is a statue on top of the building and it looks like a monster grabbing a woman's foot i've heard that yeah, yeah but i, but I didn't couldn't see it, see it. yeah
0: i think maybe you can't see it until the second movie mm, maybe maybe
1: they do they do go to the apartment building um and there is a bunch of concerned citizens um and they said they heard mm-hmm. a woman screaming and so there's a group of people. Um, there's a woman mm-hmm. and her sick little girl, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer is played by Claudia Silvia and her, her hysterical mom, uh, Marty Carmen is played by Maria Lanao. Uh, we mm-hmm. have an elderly couple. Um, so I will say looking up this IMBD, if it sounds offensive, please just know this is how IMBD names them. Yeah. Uh, so
0: Wikipedia too was a little, I was, yeah, it's a little confusing about their names because a lot of them are named after like a descriptive characteristic in Spanish and, um, not really a name. So it's like these, I think the elderly man and woman are called Abuela and Abuelo. Yes. So, which is like grandma and grandpa. Um, the little, the little bit of Spanish I do remember. Yes. I remember Abuela. Also thank um, you in, in the heights. <laughs> yes.
1: We do got this guy named Caesar, uh, Carlos yes. Sarte. Uh, Caesar's a, Chinese... a very vain
0: man. Yes, yeah, Caesar oh, is a vain you man. You know based what based they fun. said? What you know what Caesar incorrectly calls this couple Chinese, but they're Japanese. Yes. Yeah. But there's a Japanese couple, Akimi Goto and Chen Min Kao, which Chen Min Kao sounds like a Chinese name. Yes. But Akimi they...
1: Goto sounds Japanese and they also yeah i would say kimi is definitely japanese and then they also have a child too who's played by daniel trun so yeah i think that's that's pretty much everybody except one but he has a bigger role so we'll
0: get to him oh the doctor Mm Hmm. oh there's also a doctor named gillum Gillum. uh, yes uh played by carlos visnete i'm not good at i'm okay at spanish but this is spain spanish too Yes, Like, I, I don't know cool. about you, but the person who taught me Spanish, like, was Puerto Rican, and she lived in Venezuela for several years, because her husband was Venezuelan. So she would always warn us, I'm teaching you Venezuelan slash Puerto Rican Spanish, not Spain Spanish, guys. It is different. And I was always like, oh, so because it's I mean, everybody has a different dialect.
1: But they they get they get there and there's all these concerned tenants around. But they uh, mm-hmm. they end up going. Um, an officer comes down and he's credited as the older policeman. He's played by Vincent Gill. Yeah. Yes,
0: they call them uh, Joven, which is boy, basically, yeah. or young man, teenager. And uh, officer Adalto. Yes, <laughs> who's the adult. He's the older. Man. He's the older policeman. Which I was like, but I do think the younger police officer. Joven, I think his first name is Sergio. In the movie, I believe he's also credited as Sergio, so I think he is given a first name, but it's very quick. Okay, um and he's played by Jorge Yaman Serrano. Yes, that's the easiest name to pronounce so far. It is. Yeah, I would agree with that because I I used to babysit a little kid named Jorge, so that name sticks in my brain. That one. That was a little bit easier. Yes. He was adorable. Uh, he was a chubby little baby. Oh sweet. He's, a, baby. he's he's grown up by now, but he was a chubby little sweet baby. Oh, so. oh that is sweet. But they, they get to yes. the top
1: of the stairs and they're outside the lady's apartment and they meet with these officers Ouch. and the younger officer does repetitively ask him to stop filming. Um But they don't.
0: Um, And they break down the door. She's like, I have permission, dude. I have permission, dude.
1: Yeah. She's like, yeah. And she's very... Angela's very professional, but she also means business. Like, she is like... she'll She'll cut a bitch very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. But they... Me and Taylor always have this talk. So they break down the door, and they find the woman inside. She's covered in blood. They call her by her name, Conchica. And um, Mm -hmm. she they get closer to her and she has a minor like spasm freak out and then she just kind of goes back to kind of like just moving around slowly and me and Taylor are both like have have these people never seen like zombie movies because it's like that'd be my (laughs) first indication of like um I'm uncomfortable I'm getting the fuck out of here um but yeah they don't they just go up to her as she's covered in blood they just get there slower and slower and they try to coach her and
0: Yeah, yeah, she lashes out. They also, like, and there also might be another person in her apartment. They're not really sure. There's a girl that they only refer to as the Colombian girl, which I'm guessing from the country of Colombia. And, um, uh, yeah, so they're not really sure what they're getting, but this lady just chomps down on the older police officer's neck, just, like, rips a piece of his neck out, and it's kind of terrifying. Also, her gown was covered in blood. What did they think was going on? Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly,
0: exactly. Like,
1: I I don't know what they thought was happening. I did want to note that this is also right here. This scene is at the 14-minute mark. If that gives you any yeah. indication of how fast this movie moves.
0: So... Which is great. It yeah. moves on really well. And, like, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing for the next hour. Okay. Yes. Cool. Awesome. But so, it, it kind of erupts into chaos. You've got the police, the firefighters, and the TV crew. And they're all trying to uh keep the woman down and um they basically escape with the injured man yes but the one of the firefighters alex stays behind to guard the apartment door so she doesn't get out until they figure out what to do and angela which is she keeps saying this but it's very important she looks at pablo in the camera and says tape fucking everything yeah um and as they go back into the lobby, the whole building is, like, kind of just descending into chaos. The medical resident, Guillaume, uh is trying to stop the bleeding on the police officer. He's like, I'm just a resident. I, you know, I give shots, like, I, but this is really bad. He needs to medical attention. And um, meanwhile, they're realizing that the doors are shut and locked. And they're like, what the hell is going on? And the doors have been sealed as a, quote-unquote, quarantine procedure, Um, And no one is allowed out of the building. And they're very confused because they're like... I mean, obviously the lady, something's wrong with her. But they're like, well, what? I don't understand. And they're getting really frustrated. And Mary, the mother of the sick little girl, um, tells everyone that her husband was going out to get medicine for Jennifer, the little girl who has tonsillitis and has been sick for days. And um, that he says that even the streets are blocked off. He can't even get onto the block. So... Um, police officer Sergio is, like, trying really hard to keep everybody calm, but everyone's kind of going in chaos. And while everybody's freaking out, like, uh, and this was, by the way, none of the actors were given the entire script. Yeah. Until the day of filming. So nobody had any idea this was going to happen, but you just see you hear a noise and you see Alex a firefighter just drop to the ground in the yeah. middle of the spiral staircase in the lobby and it's terrifying.
1: Yeah and it's like, really scary. And like Katie said everyone's reactions were completely genuine because they didn't mm-hmm. know which my only thing is is as someone who who's worked on sets, all I could keep thinking was how how do they pull that off? Because you can tell the reactions are genuine. They had no idea, but I'm like did they know it he was gonna fall around there and they were keeping that space open and then they just dropped it early? Or how did they do that while injuring anybody? It's all I, I bet they blocked everybody. I mean obviously it wasn't him dropping. It yeah, oh obviously. no, absolutely. Thank God, yes. Yeah. Not
0: so. <laughs> because they don't cut away. They don't yeah. cut away. They see you see him hit the ground. Yeah. So Um, which is almost, because they're not really focusing on that. They're focusing on other people, but it's, like, a wider shot, so you can see all of it. Um, but yeah, it's terrifying. And also, like, Alex was really nice, so you're like, oh, fuck. And, like, seemingly, he must have been thrown by Conchita, so they're like, that little lady, just, that we subdued, just threw him? Like, that's insane. Um... But yeah i I also like they cut the camera off after right after that, yeah, for a second, so it's like, oh okay, so maybe then they all like laughed about it, um, so as the people are trying to like the camera comes back on as the people are trying to attend to Alex, Angela and Pablo sneak back into Conchita's apartment, and the there's a young woman, presumably the Colombian girl. Um, running towards them hysterically, and she just kind of like crashes to the ground. And you're like, and and the police officer and Manu, Sergio and Manu, come back up to help them because I hear her running. And they're like, oh my God, she's dead. And then Kachita comes back out and runs towards Sergio, and he shoots her, and he doesn't warn her. And at this point, I'm like, she's a zombie, so it's probably okay if you shoot her. Um, but, you know, he's obviously shaken by the fact that he shot her because he keeps saying, like, she was running towards me. I had no choice, right? And he doesn't know that Pablo's had the video camera on this whole time. So when he figures out Pablo's been recording this, he, like, tries to grab the camera and Angel's like, don't you fucking touch the camera. Yeah. Um.
1: He can't be at fault for that. I will say he can't be at fault for that, though, just because we literally saw her attack and rip off the ear of his comrade. So it's like. Right.
0: Yeah. Well and also like like he's trying to protect the people downstairs and they've already lost a perfectly healthy and strong firefighter to this yeah. woman. So she's obviously a threat. Yeah. Um yeah. So basically they all go uh back downstairs and the residents are like, hey, there's an exit through the back because there's a there's like a textile factory in the back of the building and there's like a garage door separating them and um angela is like as they're trying to find the back exit angela's like turning around and briefing everyone like we have two dead two injured and zero answers she does a really great job she does this every so often where she's like as you can see people we are updating you on this um and the police have also blocked off this exit yeah And the doctor's like this is not good these men are gonna die because they've lost a lot of blood and they don't have that much time left
1: and it's scary, too, because they also say it's a BNC protocol. And, like, yeah. he literally explains, he's like, that's because she asked his mom, and she's like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, it's a biological, nuclear, or chemical welfare protocol, which is, like, yeah. terrifying because you're in, you're, the way this movie is, you're in real time with them. So, like them, you have no idea what the fuck can be happening. Something's happening, yeah. but we don't know what it is.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the police are also blocking that. And they, they try to go this upper ledge, but then again, they're stopped by authorities. And when the others try to, like, push through, Sergio, like, pulls out his gun and gets them all to back up. And I love the way they film this because it's not like you see the gun immediately. unlike the Unlike the remake where it's really obvious that it's a gun. And they make the cop more, like, gun-happy in the American version. Which I was like, I like that he's, like sympathetic in this one like he didn't want to kill somebody he wanted to talk her down and she killed somebody else so you know that's why he reacted that way um but uh, it's a it's a tense moment he doesn't no one gets shot um but then they receive word that the health inspector is on their way because of the bnc protocol and so they're basically playing a waiting game now yeah until 2 a.m where angela comes back
1: on yeah and so Angela um so we have Gillum so like Katie said he's an intern at a local hospital he tries to treat Alex Mm -hmm. and the older officer and he even's like I don't know how that little old lady can attack two grown men like this but uh Angela interviews some of the other residents Uh, so she interviews the grandparents the Japanese woman and Jennifer and Jennifer at this point mentions her dog who's at the vet because she's like yeah my dog is sick um my dog, Max. Um, yeah, dog, Max. Max. Isn't this is so sweet? It's so sad, because she loves... Because, you know, Angela's like, do you love your dog? And she's like, uh-huh. Um, but they also interviewed Jennifer's mom and Caesar. And Caesar seems to think mm-hmm. that... Uh, is, he calls them the Chinese family. He's like, they're to blame since they do weird things like eat raw fish and leave the door open.
0: So, because of I'm course... i yelling in Chinese. I'm like, one, they're not yelling in Chinese. Yeah. You're a racist. But two... And he's older. Like it's obvious they're like, yeah, this is this guy's a, kind of a dick. He's not evil. He's yeah. kind of a dick.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're like, really. We also know he's not the only kind of racist person because they're in a headcount. The family mentions the lady, the Japanese woman, mentions her father's sick upstairs, and Jennifer's mom yeah. blames them as causing everything.
0: So yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's a racist thing or she suspects something else and she's trying to throw the blame on someone else yeah that
1: could be true too but jennifer's mom comes across as a karen just a yeah oh she's a big kid she's like
0: i'm gonna sue everyone like she's like i'm gonna sue everybody and then it's interesting because they take a poll and they're like okay who's that in every apartment that's how they figure out the elderly the father of the japanese woman they never give her name so um because she doesn't she speaks a little bit of spanish but not a ton yeah um but it's more of like she's just like i can't like she's trying to explain like what happened and she was like i can't remember the word for it um which same girl same um but they're kind of like checking off all the apartments and pretty much all of them are accounted for except for the pet house which is at the very, obviously at the top it's a little confusing cuz like in america we call the first floor the bottom floor and they call the first floor like the top floor in this yeah. one. So I know when I watched it the first time, I was like, wait, they're going upstairs, but they're saying the first floor. I'm like, okay, so top floor for them is first floor. Yeah. Which it's just a cultural thing. Um, but so they're saying like the penthouse is rented by this guy and we haven't really seen much of him in the last few months. He kept to himself though. And he's really weird. So uh, I don't really know what's up with him, but I don't think he's there anymore. I think it's abandoned basically um and like okay cool good to know so everyone's accounted for yeah and then they get where the health inspector's coming in
1: yeah and so we see this man in a hazmat suit uh come in um and the young officer takes him to where the bite victims are and um pablo so they pablo and angela sneak (laughs) into this room and they watch as they handcuff the bite victims and they're like what the fuck is going on and they're trying to give them an injection of some kind but yeah. alex bites gillum and so mm-hmm. like it happens so fast because they're 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 watching them and the next thing you know alex just raises up off the table and takes the chunk out yeah. gillum so um yeah. yeah and it's really sad because of course the the health inspector knows what the hell's going on so they they run out and and they lock Gillum inside, mm-hmm. and they're like, he can't, he's yeah. been bitten, he's been bitten. So that's where, we already know this as the audience, because we're familiarized with the zombie ideas. Um, but I think it's it's news to Angela that, oh, this spreads for saliva. So, it's yeah. like, he can't come and out.
0: I, yeah. It is interesting, because it has a lot of the qualities of rabies, mm-hmm. um, which does make people aggressive, but, okay, so, I, I looked this up, too, because a couple people were doing, like, is, could this be a real disease kind of thing? I love looking into that as, like, could this movie be real? Yeah, rabies does have most of the side effects of this disease, like, it spreads through saliva, it spreads through bites, and, like, you get the same symptoms, like, uh, like, you get lung infections and, like, coughing up blood and things like that, but, but it usually takes a, a, a while to get um, symptoms like uh, like aggressive symptoms, like physical symptoms, which is why like if you get bit by a rodent or something that might have rabies, they always say, go ahead and get a rabies vaccine because a vaccine will prevent it, but you can't cure rabies once symptoms start. Yeah. So that's why rabies can be difficult um, because like it could make you really aggressive and violent and really, really sick. And it Will kill you, yeah. um but so that's why they're always like you know like it's it's funny, but not funny, like mm. there's always that rabies Michael Scott thing, yeah. but this isn't specifically rabies, it's just this in the in the American remake, they basically equate it to rabies. I don't like that, oh, uh, in this movie, it's more mysterious, but it does share symptoms with like the final stages of rabies, but it's just rapidly yeah increasing and he does say that it depends on your blood type which is true because the reason we have different blood types is an evolutionary tactic about antigens and like how certain certain people's bodies fight diseases for instance covid19 affects people with type o blood much less than any other blood type like if you have type o blood which i actually luckily do um a Apparently, like you're less likely to get COVID-19 doesn't mean you won't get it, but it means you're less likely to get it and your body probably will fight it better. Um, which is interesting. And it is true. It is true. But he's like, Oh, well, some people it's going to like, it's important to this because for later on, like some people are going to show these symptoms immediately. Other people, depending on their blood type, it will take a long time for the symptoms to show up. So, sorry. I was just trying to set it up, because I started researching it, and the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's so much more interesting. If you're, like, really paying attention, you're like, oh, okay. Like, they put all the stuff in the script, and I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that also it's got roots in a real disease, but it's much more uh, supernatural in this film, which I like.
1: Yeah, and, and I like it, too. And I actually, I'll never forget, I'll make this very quick, but there was... Um, Years ago, I was staying in the, in the hotel, me and Taylor were traveling somewhere to visit family. And I actually watched this show. And it was like a medical show, like on one of those late nights. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. great show that you just would never watch unless you're watching cable at 1030 at night randomly. Um, but it was like this girl, They were. it was like, what was she, what does she have? And basically, you're finding out the diagnosis. And at the end, she started getting violent and lashing out towards her grandparents. And then she just dropped dead. And um, it was a, it was a autopsy that revealed that she had rabies. And her grandparents mm-hmm. literally had no idea. Like, a lot of the symptoms that they were like, oh my God, why is she being so aggressive? Is it puberty? No, it was literally like her brain, I guess, was swel- swelling. Because yeah. I think that's what happens, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah. So it was like really, meningitis really upsetting. Too. Yeah.
0: But I don't think meningitis makes you violent. I think it just makes you really sick.
1: Yeah. But they had no idea, and I never knew that... I I heard about rabies before, but I never knew that, like, having violent tendencies was something that humans could have if they got it, too. I mean, I think I've read it before, and their eyes were watching God. Because doesn't her third husband get it, and their eyes were watching God? Okay, sorry, guys. Spoilers for their eyes were
0: watching God. Um, (laughs) But I know know of it, but I can't remember anything about it. Um, But I will say... Like, I think the reason we see it less in humans is because, one, in the United States, you're required to get your animals rabies vaccinated. Yes. And I think most people know if they get bit or scratched by a wild animal or an animal that's not vaccinated to go to the doctor and get a rabies vaccine. Yes. Um, I likely have never been bit by anything that doesn't have a rabies vaccine. Anyways, yes. sorry. No, Back you're good. to the movie. Yes, so the officer... um, Sorry, so they
1: lock poor Gillum in, and he is killed by the uh-huh. infected. And the infected mm-hmm. actually break through uh, the door. Mm-hmm. And so they, they get out, they close that door, they slam that door to the textile workshop close. And they all have a freak out because they're just like, tell us what the fuck is going on. And so the man in the hazmat suit is like, okay... So, uh, there was this dog at the vet, and he was very Mm -hmm. aggressive, and it took multiple tranquilizers to get him down, and we had to put him down, and we did the research and led him back to the apartment, and Angela automatically
0: puts it together that it's Jennifer's dog. And she's like, is it, is his name Max? And they're like, yes, it is Max, and everyone looks at Jennifer and her mother, and Jennifer's being held by her mother. And she's, like, it's just tonsillitis. Yeah. And then Jennifer vomits blood all over her mom's face and into her eyes, which is saliva. And, like, runs, like, a freaking gazelle up the stairs. Like, she just, like, skirts, skirts it out of there. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, okay. Like, it's terrifying. Because, like, you're, like, oh. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But... I wouldn't call it a jump scare, though. I feel like that part was pretty terrifying. This is when it really gets crazy, in my opinion. Yeah. Is right after this and beyond.
1: Oh, yes. Because they handcuffed Jennifer's mom to the stairs. Because I thought she had been bitten by Jennifer. It makes more sense now that you say that maybe it was that she vomited blood. But I thought she Mm -hmm. bit her. And that's the reason they handcuffed her to the stairs. Because they
0: thought she was infected. So, but you could be Right. right. It was the blood. Yeah. The blood was in her mouth and in her eyes. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, if it's saliva, like anything wet and wet, it'll yeah pass through.
1: That's like sense.
0: um oh shit, Ebola. Ebola's like that too.
1: Oh my god! Sorry, but this is no. This is another thing that kind of bothered me. So they they go upstairs after after Jennifer and they find Jennifer upstairs and obviously she... oh yeah because they have
0: that serum. Yeah, I guess it's a tranquilizer. Yeah, they wanna they they send uh. They hand. Oh, and they handcuffed Mary. Yeah, that's what they said. That's or what because Marie. Yeah, because they thought she was infected, so
1: they handcuffed her to the stairs. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is really. I mean, she probably she isn't. She probably is infected, but it's still sad. Yeah, because they're basically leaving her, like a lamb to the slaughter. Also, if she is the same blood type as her daughter, then she might not show signs for like days. Yeah. So I don't know why they felt like they. I don't know. I get it, but also. Mm, not really yeah
1: no it's, it's upsetting but this is what bothered me so they find Jennifer upstairs and kind of like the Conchita before she was she, she you can tell something different because
0: her eyes are black like it's like she's infected but yeah. she's calm also yes you as ahead. they're going into Conchita's apartment sorry because I this this creeped me out the first time I watched it as they're going into Conchita's apartment where Jennifer is hiding the bodies of Conchita and the other girl are gone yeah. Very ominous. And then they yeah. come across her. And, she yeah, she has black eyes, and she looks very different.
1: Yeah. And so they're just, like, he, the young officer is coaching her to him because, of course, he's trying to give her the syringe. Um, but she mm-hmm. attacks and bites him because, of course, that's yeah. what
0: happens. So, like,
1: you're like, ah. Oh.
0: Yeah. And then in the madness, And, uh. Yeah. And then Conchita and the other girl emerge. Oh, my And God. it just turns into craziness and they're they're still alive they're alive and kicking literally but I love and this biting. Part. rather
1: i love this part though because yeah when does the one thing that we all would do conchica runs at him and he just like hits her with the axe like just like yeah puts her punts her in the face with it i'm like yeah that's yeah a, that's a legitimate reaction there so
0: <laughs> and then pablo has to fight um i think the little jennifer off no is it jennifer or the colombian girl
1: Oh, it's, I, it's chaos. Yeah, it's chaos. He fights off
0: one of them with literally killing them with her, with his camera. Yeah. Which is a cool shot because, like, the blood is getting on the camera and stuff, and it actually looks really good. They try to do it in the remake, and it looks really bad. Yeah. It doesn't look good. It's like CGI blood in the remake, and it's oh, like, oh, no. Ugh. Guess what? That's I did good. I did like this
1: part. So they run back down the stairs and there's chaos because it's like everyone's running up to their apartments and the infected are trying to get under that door. And so this is yeah. how you know that uh, Angela's like a, a generally good person is because... They freak out and they're trying to find the key to unlock uh Jennifer's mom from her handcuffs as the infected yeah. are trying to get under the door. And Angela like reaches out because they can't find the key and Mom says like we have to go, we have to go and he like drags Angela away from her and she's screaming and crying cuz she's so upset that they're leaving Jennifer's mom yeah. behind.
0: So and then as they're trying to run off before they can uncuff her uh the infected get through the door and basically just start eating her alive. And yeah. uh, Manu, Angela, the health inspector, and Pablo all escape to Caesar's apartment with Caesar. And uh, the health inspector shuts himself away immediately because he's been bitten and yeah. he knows the door won't close. But they're trying to figure out, so what do we do next? Um, and uh, Caesar tells him, like, Gillum or Guillaume had a, the keys to the apartments because he was like the the, like, resident manager, I guess the, like, emergency manager for the residency, and, um, he would have a key to the abandoned penthouse, and they might be able to escape through, like, the attic of the penthouse. Um, because at this point, they're like, fuck the quarantine, we just want to get the fuck out of here, and yeah. none of us have been bitten, so we should be able to get out of here just fine. Um, so, as Caesar's trying to tell them this, uh, the health inspector goes rogue, uh, turns into a zombie and breaks through the door and starts attacking Caesar. So Manu, Angela, and Pablo flee outside, and they are uh, greeted by lots of residents who are, like, basically now everyone's infected, except for the three of them. And they have to kill several of them, which is really sad. Like, they have to break somebody's neck, and it's just sad. And at some point, uh, Angela's convinced she's been bitten and she's, like, freaking out. And pa was like, no, I promise you weren't bitten. You weren't bitten. You're okay. You're okay. Um, but you can just, like, the hysteria. She's just, like, so driven, insane because, like, everyone's getting bitten. She thinks, of course, she's gotten bitten. Yeah. Um, so, and they can't remember where Guillaume's apartment is. They're like, because they, they went through it and they're trying to remember it and they're like, let's check the... Lot, the mailboxes. So they go to the mailboxes to check it, and they find it, and as they pass Mary, her bot, she's dead, deceased obviously, um, slumped on the ground, and they, they turn back around, and a second later she's just standing up staring at them like, oh shit. Yeah. So then not only are they, like, fighting people at the top of the stairs, but then they have to, like, get around her, and then you just also feel bad. Um, so they find their way to Guillaume's apartment, but as they're trying to get in, um, somebody attacks and Manu is forced to stay behind to subdue, and he has, like, a sledgehammer, and he's trying to subdue uninfected. I believe it's the Japanese lady? Yeah, the, it looks like the, it, yeah. The, yeah. I think it's the mom from that family. Um, and she, uh, Angela, races into the apartment, and I love this scene because... Um, so she's, she, she doesn't know Guillaume's apartment. She's never been inside it before. So she's, like, opening every single drawer on Pablo, and she's frantic. And Pablo is like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And, like, they've been really calm together, and obviously they're a team. They work together. But he's like, hurry, 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 because, like, things are, like, just getting too intense. And they do a really good job of, like, having her like, look through everything like you would because I would have no idea. I don't know where people keep their keys, you know? Whereas, like, in, I think, a weaker script, she would have, like, found them immediately, but it, like, brings, like, just finding keys into this very intense moment. And there's even a part where she hits the camera because she's, like, freaking out so much. She's not thinking about where the camera is and the sound goes out for a second. Yeah. And then comes back up like it would. And I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. um. But yeah, so it's a really good sequence, and she does finally find the key. And uh, my other favorite shot is when Angela and Pablo race out into the hallway, and they're like, okay, do we go up or down? Because now we can get out. And they look for, they're like, where's Manu? And they look down, and from every step, Inch of the spiral staircase there's a different zombie on every like landing and they're like ah it's great and, the, and it's, it's great it's sad too because manu's been turned so he, Man he is one of them yeah, yeah and, that's sad and i
1: love that that's actually like after seeing that shot i'm like i think that's one of my favorite shots ever in a horror movie I've it's seen. so good yeah it's so it's terrifying good. they played with like all these levels and they fucking nailed mm-hmm. it they nailed it. So Also,
0: I bet rehearsal was fun for that because they're all like, "Okay, and you do this. And you got to stand right here. You got to stand right here." And then I'm going, "Eh." Like it was probably fun to film. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'll let you talk more about the next sequence, which I guess is the most famous one. Yeah. And I'll just pipe in after we finish it and tell you how quarantine ruins it, but Yeah. Please.
1: I uh, this is
0: probably the most famous
1: part. I love this. So I from that shot onwards I thought it was I thought this was really great. Okay, so they there I do have a few nitpicks, but for the most part I really liked it. So they managed to get into the penthouse but
0: barely. Watch quarantine and you won't nitpick this movie anymore. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> well it's just it's just in my nature. I have to nitpick a little bit here and there. Um but they Yeah, managed, it's okay. Yes, yeah, okay. you have I have to. Um they do manage to, to get into the penthouse but barely. Barely. Um, Mm -hmm. So the apartment is in complete darkness. uh, But Pablo turns on the spotlight. And there's like a lot of religious iconography? Iconography? I... I iconography iconography thank you so um mm-hmm. but there's like all these crucifix and there's uh like uh pictures of like nuns. newspaper clippings yeah what and
0: newspaper clippings yeah everywhere. Newspapers, newspaper clippers, clippings yes, yes, too, yes. everywhere so
1: um there and i hope i'm pronouncing her last name right but there mainly there's also um a subject of a young girl her name is tristana may Madeiros, Madeiros, yes.
0: So she's the yeah. subject of all the... I was thinking like the wine, like Madeira, like Madeira wine, because Ma- that's a region in Spain. Oh, yeah. maybe Portugal. Ma- Ma- I don't remember.
1: Medeiros? Yeah, that sounds right, though. Um, but she's the subject of newspapers all over the walls, and it appears that she was possessed. Um, and so they find this tape recorder, because of course they do. Yes. Um, and there's a man that's talking about Vax. So it's like, kind of like it's almost like someone recording their journal into the tape recorder and they plus pray. and there's a play and there's a man talking about a vaccine and that there's a virus that has spread like a flu that the girl has had. So we, we kind of can piece together the girl is talking about is Tristana and he's like, there's mm-hmm. orders from Rome that, that the girl has to be put mm-hmm. down. And so yeah. I guess maybe he, he cared about the girl, not saying in a romantic way, but just that he cared enough about no. her that he didn't want to put her down. He sealed her up instead. So he didn't kill yeah. her. He just sealed her in the room. Well, I think
0: he's trying to starve her. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think is what it was. I think the... Because he says something about... I caught this more the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, He said something about, like, the ritual has to be very precise. So I think the ritual of exercising the demon and killing her... And therefore, you know, freeing her soul, you know, would, is probably very specific. I don't, okay, I, just being Catholic, because Spain is a deeply Catholic um, country, so obviously like, if you're a, a Spanish person in Spain, I think Catholicism and religion is a pretty everyday thing correct me if i'm wrong because i don't know if it's just like because i know like in france a lot of people are technically catholic but they're not practicing i think in spain it's a very deep obviously the spanish inquisition made a lot of people in spain catholic but i think i don't know of any exorcisms where you have to lock someone away yeah um i do i was taught by one exorcist um in like for real In my high school, uh, he has passed away now, unfortunately, so I I don't know any current, but one of my religion teachers in high school, who I used to canter mass for, um, was an exorcist. But to my, in my limited experience, which I've never been present at one, thank God, um, it's, like, more of just praying? So, I don't know, I mean, I know this is fanciful. Yeah. So... I don't know what the seal is supposed to be either, but I'm guessing the seal is like they broke the seal when they opened the door into the apartment. That's yeah. what I'm guessing. I think so, so too. But continue. No, I, I was... Yeah.
1: I think so, too. And I thought maybe he sealed her away because maybe he felt... Now, granted, guys, this is from the knowledge of someone who hasn't seen the other wreck movies, so I could be totally misjudging. Obviously, this is the only one I've wow. seen. Um, but I thought maybe... He Maybe if it's someone who worked on the case for years for this young girl. Maybe he just didn't have the heart to kill her. Um, so that's just the way maybe. I took it. That he sealed her away so she couldn't hurt anybody. Um, but obviously poor Angela is so freaked out at this point and so um a door opens and it seems like it leads into an attic so pablo's like i'm going up i'm going up and she begs him not to and so there is like a really great jump scare which we know is coming but pablo i
0: i hid my face
1: during this part i yes. did not
0: like i will say this movie actually kind of scared me yeah so
1: this final guys. this final scene these final scenes are really scary so he moves the camera around and a child actually like an infected child who's definitely not jennifer screams at him and knocks his camera out and when it does uh it's only i guess the um the 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 black light is that what the yeah? It's
0: just the 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 camera light breaks. Yeah, the
1: camera light breaks. But what do they call it? Like when you can, it's like the night vision that's like recording. Oh, the night vision still works. Yeah, the night vision is what works. So I actually was reading that they they had the actors in complete darkness, so you they did not know what was going on around them at all. So which is really really it makes sense while while it's so convincing. So um, they everything's yeah. at, in night vision at this point, point. and so um, they see. So it's almost what I loved about this scene is that you ever go to bed at night and you're in complete darkness, and you wake up and you see something like maybe your um, your LED light ring, and you think it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a person at first, and then you're like, oh my god, that's yeah, just it scares I'm the shit out
0: of you. Yes. Yeah. So
1: they see what they think is a shadow, and then the shadow starts to move, and then it comes into yeah. focus, and it's Tristana, and she is terrifying. <laughs> uh, did you Did you read who who uh, plays? Shabella? Yes, The Javier it's Javier Botet. Yes, who? Um, guys, once again, he is Mama and Mama. He was Slenderman. He was multiple ghosts in Christmas uh, Crimson Peak, and he was yes. uh, the hobo in it Chapter Two, and the app pet in his and- house.
0: So guess who? Um, guess who played the American version of this creature? Can you guess? I, I
1: actually have a very great guess who I think probably did. You're
0: probably gonna be right, Doug Jones. Who was it? Doug Jones. It was Doug Jones. Yes. I was like, of course, of course. They, if one of them isn't doing it, it's the other one. Yes, it has it's our to be. body. I love Doug Jones. By the way, his character on uh, What We Do in the Shadows came back in season three, and I was so happy. Cause, he, I, cause he talks too. Like it's a character that he actually gets to voice. So that's he. Awesome. That and Billy Bone, Billy, um, Billy from Billy Butcher from Butcherson. Was oh name? yeah, Billy from oh it's Hocus Pocus from Hocus Pocus. Yes. Oh, love Doug Jones. And Javier Botet also, like, I love them both. But I was like, of course it was Javier Botet. And then they were like, and Doug Jones played the same character in quarantine. I was like, of course, of course he, he did. did. Although it seems like they use a lot of CGI in the quarantine one. Oh. Which I was like, Why? You have Doug Jones. Yeah, exactly. He brings every character to life. Yeah, exactly. so does Javier Botet. Oh, I really God. like Javier Botet. Javier too.
1: Botet is also so. six foot seven and so it's like he yeah. it is very unsettling. Uh, but, yes. so they, tr- he did play a,
0: he did play a, a white, I think, in Game of Yeah, Games yeah, I did, think you're right. Did a smaller part. Yeah. I, I think I read that on his, cause I was like, did he play one of the giants? No. But yeah. But the man who played 1-1 did pass away, unfortunately. Yes, I
1: did, I did see that, yeah. which is really sad. Um, but they do. Sorry. They do try to walk around Tristana, and it seems like because it's they're in complete darkness that she doesn't, like, see them are here that man, she's also it's, it's a
0: it's Jurassic Park rules y'all yeah if they can't see you you're fine oh we have
1: to also mention for some unknown reason she's also holding a mallet so she's walking around and she's banging and like, she's a, like mallet. a hammer
0: what it's like a mallet yeah. or hammer right so it's like a hammer or a mallet yeah. yeah and she's also like she's wearing underwear but not a top and it's she's very emaciated so that's why I was like, maybe they were trying to starve her out. I don't know. I read into her Wikipedia page a little bit, like, the because it's, like, very long. Like, it's the only character where it's like, and this is Because I guess she's kind of, like, the villain. I don't want to call her a villain because she was a little girl who got maybe possessed, maybe just diseased. It's very, like... It, I kind of like it about this movie because they're fluid about it. They're like, there might be a possession. It might just be she's sick. Or it's a possession that mutated into a disease that's very um, communicable. Yeah. So, oh no. Yeah. Contagious. It's a contagious it, demonic possession. Yes. It, it's
1: freaky, whatever it
0: is. It, she's, it's, she's yeah, it's terrifying.
1: She is. But they try to walk around her, and one of them runs into something, and creates noise. And she hears them yeah. and they try to escape, but she catches Pablo and she seemingly beats him to death with a hammer. And so mm-hmm. uh, she runs after Angela too, and Angela trips and falls. And probably the most famous shot of the film is that she lays there, like crying and breathing heavily. And then you just see her get dragged out of the screen. Like yeah, she just gets yeah, shot. Yeah, so she gets dragged out of the shot. <sighs> um, and that's the end of the movie. Like that's how the movie
0: clearly ends. So um, yeah, yeah, it ends with like a quote of her saying "Pablo tape fucking everything," and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yep. All right. It's but it's good and it's fast and I like it. And honestly, like I liked the ending, but I think the whole movie ramps up so well. I think the whole movie's really, really enjoyable. Um, I really, I really like this movie. So I will say just to ruin the. remake a little bit i love the part in the in wreck where they have like the voiceover like the tape that you're like you get a little bit of information but not a ton of information but enough to make you curious about oh my god what's hiding in this apartment in the american version they just decided to make it a scary noise like she plays the tape and it's just like this like disembodied, creepy, deep voice and it's not making any sense. And you're like, so why play it? Like, it's so stupid. And I love Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter plays Angela in the original movie. In the remake. I'm sorry. she She's the remake version of the original character, Angela. And I don't know what why they told her to do this, or if it was her choice, but the entire, like, last 10 minutes of the movie, she's breathing, like, Angela is breathing heavily because she's stressed, but, like, literally, Jennifer Garber's like, (gasps) like, the whole time hyperventilating, and then she keeps going, don't let me be in the dark! Don't let me be in the dark! Like, she's lost her complete nerve, and I'm like, and it's just real cringy. Also, like, they take the religious part out of it, And there's just a bunch of cages with, like, rats. So it's, like, a rabies thing. Which I'm like, okay. Now it's not mysterious. And therefore not very scary. Also, the doctor way over explains it and blames it all on... He's like, this is, like, rabies... Oh, he's a vet, not a doctor. And he's like, this is, like, rabies. And it's true, like, it does have rabies symptoms, but... Like, that's boring. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. So, I don't know why they thought the American version couldn't be a little bit religious or, like, supernatural. Maybe because, like, people are more religious in Spain than America? I don't know. But, yeah, definitely see Wreck and not Quarantine. Quarantine's not that good. Oh, also the cameraman reverts to calling Jennifer Carpenter baby, like, every five seconds. Like, Carl Weathers on Arrested Development, where he's like, baby, you've got a soup. It's like, he talks like that, like, the whole, like, last part like, baby, baby, give me the baby. And I'm like, okay, maybe this actor talks like that in real life. But I'm like, I feel like in a life or death situation, you're not going to be saying, baby, like, just say her name. Just say Angela. Also, I'm still not sure if they were supposed to be romantically linked or not. It was very weird. The vibe was weird. It's just a weird, it's a weird remake. It, it was unnecessary. And it's almost shot for shot. Yeah. The same thing. But yeah, I really like this movie. I'm glad we finally saw it. It also is the um, the inspiration for one of the best survival horror games, Outlast, where you're a person with a camera, and you have to use night vision to like sneak around this abandoned, yet inhabited by scary things, uh, asylum. And uh, it's a very infamous video game because it's a lot of jump scares. I knew when all the jump scares were coming because I'd watch playthroughs, and I still jump when I play that game. So it's fun, though. It's not a super long game, but it's it's really fun to play if you want to scare people. Um, but yeah, I liked. I'm glad we finally watched it because this is a good one.
1: Yeah, it, it is a, it is a good one. I would agree with that absolutely.
0: Was there anything you didn't like about this movie? Yeah. so Like, what were your nitpicks?
1: Okay, so I have um, some pros and cons. Um, I'll go over, I guess, my... I'll go over my pros first, because it's not a very long (laughs) list. Um, So, the pros I have for this movie is a lot of what we already discussed, which is genuinely scary. It's tense. um, It's, you know, it it really helped create and set the foundation for what we now uh, see in found footage horror films. Um, mm-hmm. now, I do like that it's, um, sorry, I'm having a hard time reading my own handwriting. That's awful. Uh, so, okay. it is, or am I just tired? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's fast-paced and it's intense. Um, I like that. It mm-hmm. also feels authentic, which is hard for any film, but especially hard for yes. horror films. So, I do like that.
0: Um, and I also. I like that they cast people that you don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's always going to help when it's it's a movie that doesn't come from your country of origin, because, like, you probably don't know those actors as well. Like, The Orphanage, I didn't know any of those actors, so I was like, oh. Oh, well, there was one American actress that I knew of, Chaplin. Yes. But, like, everyone else, I was like, oh, who are these people? But I like that they cast no-name actors, because I will say, I love Dennis O'Hare, who is on American Horror Story and uh, True Blood and a bunch of shows I love. But seeing him, like I was like, Oh, this takes me out of this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like that too. And like I said, I like the authenticity of it. Just it, it feels real. Like it's very believable. Mm-hmm. Now my nitpicks, and this is just me, um, so towards the end of the film it's it's nothing I mean well I mean there's stuff going on, but a lot of the sound is frantic screaming. Um, and I get that's a, yeah. I get that's an acting choice, and I'm not mad, I'm not saying that she did a bad job. I thought she she was a great actress, and i, I really like Angela's character, but it gets kind of i i guess annoying, yeah, a little annoying grading, yeah grading grading I think maybe? that's a good word, yeah, I think that's a good yeah. word, so that was kind of one of my things, and then there's a few moments that don't seem as well executed like jennifer like you said there's you know we have that scene where jennifer just froze up all over her mom and i get it's like it it brings intensity to that moment we already know that jennifer's jennifer or jennifer's dog is the cause of everything but then it just feels so quick that she just froze up in her mom's face now she's running away and it's like what is going on so, I, I know that's just.
0: I kind of liked that. Yeah. I felt like it was like a entrance into the chaos that the rest of the movie was. Yeah. But it is very sudden. Yeah. But also, like, they've, I guess, because they've been hinting at it the whole movie, like, she's been sick, and her mom's like, oh, it's just tonsillitis. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like it would have been better if, like, maybe she was coughing a little bit or something. Or maybe she had passed out. Yeah. It would have made more sense. And that's why I thought, or I hate to say this, but even if, like, it seemed like
1: she had a seizure or something. And then she. She did the blood all over her mom's face, and then she got up and ran. Like I just felt like there, there was, yeah. there's maybe something else they could have done. Um, and then there's maybe it was to surprise the other actors. Yeah, and that could have been it too. Honestly, it could have been something that was improv in the moment. There's also some things I don't understand because we see with Conchita and Jennifer that. There there's times where they're almost trance like that you could probably get by them, but instead mm-hmm. these people are running around screaming and drawing all attention possible to them when does that make
0: sense? I wonder if yeah. it, I wonder if it makes a difference whether they've died and come back to life mm-hmm. versus someone who's been bitten and changes as they're still living. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't really know. I kind of like that they don't over-explain it, though. Yeah. Like, in this movie, it's so short that they just barely explain things. I think quarantine tries to explain it too much and also not enough. This one is, like, it's mysterious and you're still like, what is it? Which is why you would watch a second one because you're like, I want to know what the Medeiros, Nina Medeiros is. Yeah. Which is apparently um, the name of that we're gonna call it a creature even though it started out as a little girl because i think it's i don't think it's the little girl anymore yeah i don't know yeah but the the creature's name is niña medeiros Uh uh-huh so yeah all
1: right and then my very last thing which is this is not uncommon in these type of movies is that There's always a little bit in the middle where it's like, let's figure some things out. And it just kind of puts a little bit of a break on the tension that the film builds. But then right after that, we get back to the tension and we get back to momentum building. So, it's not really, a it's it's not, that thing is not the only, this is not the only time I've ever seen that weakness in a film. I will say that. That's actually a very common thing in a lot of scary movies, so...
0: But also, I think it's trying to lull you into a false sense of security, mm-hmm. so then it can scare you again. Yeah. It's the whole rising-falling action. Yeah. Maybe. That might be why they were doing it. I don't think it lulls too long. No. Like, I literally fell asleep watching Quarantine.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no definitely not. <laughs> and then not. We'll back up. It only is like a couple of minutes. It's only a couple of minutes. So, no, it's not. I would say, overall, the pros definitely outweigh the cons with this one. And it is a really good movie, I will say.
0: What was your rating for it? Uh I wavered
1: between the seven point five and the eight. I think I lean a little mm-hmm. bit more towards the eight.
0: So I actually gave it an eight because okay. I for especially for what it is, like I feel like there are so many found footage movies out there that are just really not good. And this one genuinely scared me. And, I mean, not that I think that Nina Medeiros is coming to get me at night. But, like, I literally hid my face from the TV, which I don't usually do. So, I had tension. And I was... It was good. It was, like... I think the last movie I felt that way was probably Tatan. Oh, okay. You know? Where there was actual tension. Yeah. Because we were both like, oh, my God. Is she gonna But what? Um, so, I think it was... I, I really liked it. I'm, and it was one of those movies, like, I... I almost thought, because of quarantine looked so bad, I was like, oh god, this movie's gonna be terrible, when I first heard about it. And then, I'm glad I gave it some time and kind of forgot everything I knew about it before watching it, because I could kind of, like, enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed. I don't really have many cons for this movie, because, like, I just, I thought it was really good. I mean, what you said, I agree with in the most part, but um yeah i think it's mostly prose which is why it gets an 8 out of 10 i think this is totally worth watching and it's short yeah like it's you know there's no like they don't try to find the cure for the thing they're just kind of trying to get through this one situation um did you have a grindhouse girls rating for it
1: yeah i did um it's not my best but uh i rated it r for reporters and rabid neighbors
0: Oh my god, I had rated R for Rabid Neighbors and Record Fucking Everything. Oh, well yeah, that's good, that's good, I like the recording. I guess we're, we're gonna go with yours, we're gonna go with yours. Oh, I like
1: Record Fucking Everything.
0: Okay, well then we'll go with mine, it's kind of both of ours. Yeah. R for oh, Rabid Neighbors. If it's not too long,
1: we can do reporter, Reporters, Rabid Neighbors and Record Fucking Everything.
0: Yeah, I, but I think we're both recommending this movie. Yes. For sure.
1: Yeah, I I, sure. I would recommend it. I mean, if you like scary movies, you have to see this one.
0: Okay, so I guess that is it for Record, or Rec, or whatever you want to call it. Um, we both definitely say go watch it. Yes. It's recommended. And next week, I'm so excited for my pick next week because this is a movie That I have wanted us to cover since day one. And it was streaming on Netflix a few years ago. It's how I heard of it and how I saw it. And like literally we started the podcast and it was off Netflix. And it wasn't on any streaming services that I had. And it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It is a French, I would call extremist horror film. Not quite as extreme as something like High Tension, but um, it goes there, baby, and um, I think it's a perfect film for the Thanksgiving holiday, and we actually were approached by a few of our listeners asking if that was going to be our Thanksgiving special, and it kind of is. Um, It's my pick for the Thanksgiving holiday month of November, and it is Julia DeCorno's Raw. And um, it is streaming on Netflix in America right now. It stars... Um, oh, her name's not on here. Shit. Oh. Garance Marie? Marie-, Marie? Mm, sh- her name is Justine in this movie. Um, and it's about a young girl who has been raised to be a vegetarian. And she joins her older sister at a French veterinary school. And one of the hazing rituals is that you have to eat raw meat. And after she eats raw meat, she develops a craving for more exotic meat. And uh, it ramps up from there. But it's also a very emotional movie. And the relationship between two sisters is very important. And also, I do not usually get sick to my stomach watching movies. I did the first time I watched this movie. I literally one of them made one scene made me sick to my stomach and in a good way. Um, I would say this is between because the same directors Taton, Taton, and climax in absurdity. But there's a little bit of dog tooth thrown in there, too. But not the not the part I hated about dog tooth, but like the mind games and like the family dynamic thing. Um, and we'll talk about it. I don't want to spoil everything before we get to the movie, but I also feel like it is a French movie. It is going to be subtitled. We're doing a lot of subtitled, um, movies this month, but also like Britt pointed this out when we were discussing what movies we want to do this month. Like we did a lot of American movies the last couple months. So we needed some foreign films thrown in there. And I will say, uh, Raw is a very good foreign film and it's easy to follow with the subtitles so yeah yeah so it's gonna be raw i'm excited sorry i'm excited because this this was on my list for a very long time so it has been
1: you've been talking about it for a while so i know you've been really excited about
0: it so that's why that's why i was so excited about tatan because i was like i love this director okay but with that well we're rounding it up it's time for us to go unfortunately um thank you guys for listening thank you for all the feedback um, thanks for listening, liking, subscribing, sharing, telling your friends about us. We love you guys. We wouldn't be here without you, and we hope that your Halloween was special and safe and that you washed your hands and you made good choices and you took your vitamins. And I know the only party I've been invited to, they're asking everyone to either get tested or show their vaccine card before getting in, which I was like, I like your style. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but... Um, I'm pretty excited, uh, for it, and I'm excited about next week's movie, obviously, and, yeah, thank you. I know, it's getting to the end of the night, and I'm always like, there's things I want to thank you guys for, and I forget. But, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Britt, thanks for, uh, recommending Wreck, because this was a movie that I wanted to check off my list, personally, and it did not disappoint. Yay. So... That's always good. That's always a good thing. That's always good. We yeah. have... Oh, and Gizmo's birthday's tomorrow, so...
1: Oh, yay. Happy birthday, Gizmo. Yeah.
0: It will have been last Thursday, but Gizmo's turning a year old. Oh. My baby. My little baby.
1: I know, oh that's so sweet Happy early birthday, Gizmo I know you're going to have a great first Happy birthday, early birthday Gizmo. Um, yeah, echoing what Katie said uh, Thanks guys, we always appreciate the likes The comments, the subscribes, the recommendations Um, we love you We are appreciative for every single one of you guys I hope you're doing well Thank you as always for joining us on some small part of your day mm-hmm. Whether you're doing some yoga Whether you're, um, doing some chores If you're driving to work, if you're driving home from work Yeah, you made it, um but thank you. Thank you for listening to us. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, I hope you do something nice for yourself today. And I hope you get to take a nap because naps are very important. Um, we love you guys. Uh, thank you again. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay, Stay spoopy, spoopy, y'all. y'all. Bye. 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 Night, Katie.
0: Bye. Night, Brett. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at at GrindhouseGirlsPod.com or visit our website at GrindhouseGirlsPod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.